0: Light for making porn down here.
1: Yeah, (laughs) coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, nestled in the hills of Harrisville, Rhode Island, the epicenter of paranormal activity in the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hello, Jason.
0: B-double-E-double-R-U-N-B-R-U-N What whats that? I don't know b double
1: n boo run Yeah What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing today? Not bad Welcome to another edition of the Eon Project The Eon Project, where we E-O-N
0: on you forever If you like being eon on Yeah, yes. You can send us a message at hermitlightmedia at gmail.com Hermitlight is our parent company you're touching, you're touching my microphone. I touched his mic. Could you stop it? That's a euphemism. I wanted to clear something up before we started today. So, the last, I think it was the last episode, we we, uh, we we gave a little bit of information about Ming Ming, our, uh, our uh, receptionist. Yes. I wanted to clear something up. Clear it up. There is no Ming Ming, okay? Uh, I, I apologize to our receptionist. Actually, her name is Olga, mm. and she's Norwegian. And the reason I was calling her Ming Ming, and we made up some... Stuff about it, and we were kind of poking fun. But Olga yes, is mad at yes. me now. She is a Norwegian, uh, in uh, her, um, she, she used to be a power lifter, yes, in the day, yes. And I think I've angered her to the point now where she's gonna hurt me. So I
1: figured I would just stop talking about it altogether. Well, she's much more, uh, svelte than you, she's s- she's svelte, very, very, very powerful. Svelte is Norwegian for svelte, she's very powerful.
0: She could throw me about, throw you about, and uh, which I enjoy, but um, I don't think she would enjoy, no. Anyway, so no Ming Ming, but there is an Olga.
1: Ah, uh, that's good. That's good. Well, um, what did
0: we talk about last week? Okay, so last week we we had a uh, we had a top action star action star episode. show. Yes, it was well received. We got a lot of lot of listens for that that's one. Correct. There was actually a rebuttal show. There was a rebuttal show from the, the the Black Lodge folks, the boys from the Black Lodge. Mm. They rebutted us, they and did. of course, their takes were stupid and weak. They, although they did agree with us on a few... They uh, did, I'm sorry. A few things. Boys from the Black Lodge.
1: Yes, I think they're putting together a horror-themed version of this yeah that they're going to request our rebuttal on. Yeah,
0: right, so we're going to listen to theirs first, and then we're going to rebut it. That's correct. Do you like to rebut things? I do. I'm a big butt guy. You like butts? You like honest. rebutting? You know what a flying buttress is? I do, What's yeah. a flying buttress?
1: They, it's a support uh, uh, structure that they use in like churches and things mm. of that sort to hold mm. the roof up. Why is it called flying? Well, because they're up in the air. Because they're. Oh, so they're not like free ro- float, fla- yeah. flea, flying, flea flying. Flea flicker. So, hey, just real quick on the <clears throat> movie topic thing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I discovered. So, recently I watched. Uh, do you remember the original 1982 uh, John Carpenter film, The Thing? With, uh, I, with I'm Kurt ash- I am ashamed to say I've never seen it. You've never I, seen it? I do it. know what it is, okay. but I, I have not seen it's it. It's a classic horror film. Yes. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch I, it. I'm going to try. The reason I love classic 80s and 90s films so much especially horror, the horror genre and mm-hmm. things of that sort mm-hmm. is because they re- relied a lot on practical effects, right? Yes. So the creatures and the monsters were all right. real things right. that people would construct and they the, the acted correct, or the that. actors could interact with them. I think CGI is terrible. Yeah. CGI it to, to me it totally disconnects you from the movie. Sure. The actors have to fake yes. interacting with things. Yes. It's awful. I hate it. No, but they can create more fantastical things. They can, yes. with CGI that's than true. they could with practical.
0: You are fantastical. Thank you. I appreciate. Why don't that. you tease the topic? Okay, the topic of today. So we're gonna we're, the topic of today is kind of a large topic mm. and it's a dark one. Okay, but it combines some of our favorite things. Okay, and that's serial killers mm-hmm. and conspiracies both. Oh, serial killers. So some well known serial killers and conspiracy theories all intermixed. And what's the what's the twist on the topic today, Mike? The so. twist in the topic. So, so we're going to try a new format. And that is typically what we do is uh, when we pre- when we prepare notes for the Eon Project episodes, we kind of split it 50-50. And Jay will research certain things. I will research certain things. And then we present them in a back-and-forth uh, table tennis format. Yes. We're going to try something different. We're going to try... Um, I'm going to take the reins for today's episode.
1: Take the reins like a horse, and I'm
0: going to drive the episode into the ground—a muscular and, equine. And Jason is going to uh, is going to interject as needed, interject and intermix, provide commentary, and uh, he's going to let his comments flow like a to, viscous.
1: I'm going to uh, penetrate Mike's conversation. Yes,
0: some some, some vigorous web of of man schmeg chowder. Right. Alrighty. All righty. So anyway. So we're going to talk about a couple of well-known serial killers. I think we actually talked about one of them on this ep- on the show before. We didn't do a whole episode on them. Yes. We did talk about one. I don't think we ever talked about the other one. And then we're going to talk about the connective tissues mm. that connect them. So we talk about serial killers. We're not talking about Frankenberry or uh, no. Captain Crunch. No, no, none of those. Oh, that's good. But before we get into the serial killers that you may know, I'm going to talk to you about somebody that you probably don't know. And that's a man by the name of John Norman. Ooh, he's a very... Very normal pedestrian sounding. Pedestrian name. Normal sounding, right? Doesn't sound like like a deviant. Sounds like my neighbor. However, our story begins in Dallas, Texas. Oh, before I begin, I want to I want to give props. Props. A lo- okay, I I stole a lot of this stuff from a Reddit user. Oh. And I wanted to give him credit, but on the uh, if you if you look up this Reddit post where I got most of this information from, it says anonymous. So I don't know if mm-hmm.
1: you know. So credit to anonymous, I guess. Maybe I'm dumb. Yeah, but I don't understand Reddit. It's just a message board. You go on, there's like, you go down all these rabbit holes. There's yeah. all kinds of things. It's just a message board. I don't understand it.
0: Most of it is crap. Yeah. But this guy did a bunch of good research, and I wanted to give him props, but he's, I don't know who he is, so, you know, maybe it's you. Oh. We don't know. So our story begins in Dallas, Texas, the year of our Lord, 1973. Oh. We were not alive yet. No. Thank God. Authorities were first put on the trail of a sex ring involving underage males that they caught, they caught up with a 24-year-old member of this group. Now, the name of this group was the Odyssey Foundation.
1: I think you need to give a disclaimer here. Oh, okay.
0: So, yeah. So, this is a dark... I did. I said it was a dark subject. Okay. Right. Not really appropriate for children. Okay. Um, I mean, it can... It, it, we're not going to... I'm not going to get into the gore. No, 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 okay. no. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm you just going to talk the about... The first
1: thing you led with is underage sex ring with boys. I know.
0: So that scared me. I know. I'm sorry. All right. It doesn't get really graphic, though. Anyway... So it's called the Odyssey Foundation, which in and of itself doesn't sound like too bad, right? Mm. The Odyssey Foundation sounds, sounds like, like
1: maybe a, a... 1980s uh, board game club.
0: Yeah, or they, or they, you know, they take you on guided tours of Italy. Oh, you know, that's the Odyssey like Foundation, the, like the
1: Viking uh, cruise ships, like
0: the uh, the Pirillo
1: tours. Yeah, Perillo. See Perillo. That's the biggest scam. He's goal. like, I'm Pirillo. Why is it a scam? Oh, those guys rip people off. Do they? Yeah, they get old people to put money in, and then they uh, old people they, get swindled. Dude, they leave them in hostels and like weird. <laughs> Eastern uh, European countries. Why are old people so easily parted with their money? Shouldn't they be opposite? Should
0: they be like the most wise into people? They would,
1: but they just give money away freely. I want to see some old people give me money. Mm.
0: Anyway, the Odyssey Foundation. The leader of the Odyssey Foundation is a man named John D. Norman. Mm -hmm. Now, what they found in John D. Norman's uh, possession were various pamphlets. Okay, now these pamphlets contained, uh, unfortunately, child pornography and uh, information on boys and clients. Now, of the Odyssey Foundation... They found enough of this stuff to fill a pickup truck supposedly. Mm-hmm. Now how it worked was now you're probably thinking to yourself how did you have a ring a, how did you have a sex uh sex slave ring if you will in the 70s? Cuz you didn't have the internet, right? So how did how did people find out about
1: it? Uh probably like uh in publications and things like that, right? right. Yeah. So
0: what happened was you would you would pay a small fee if you were if you were one of the deviant buttheads. Mm. That was going to uh, be no part of no pun intended. That was going to be part of this you would uh, give them a little bit of money, and then they would give you a uh, a pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Now, these pamphlets had uh, information on these—they they called them fellows, quote-unquote fellows. This was a code name for underage sex slaves, which the clients could then purchase. Mm. Also, this, this group would cruise around looking for runaways at bus stations and stuff, and sometimes they would just snatch kids right off the street. Now, the group supposedly had customers customers in L.A. and Chicago. Now, this was Dallas in the 70s. Okay. So if you're in— if you're in Chicago, you're in LA, and you're in Dallas, in 1973. That's pretty much around the country. Yes. So that they found information in the in the 70s that this group, the Odyssey Group, uh, the Odyssey Foundation, was going on. Let's jump ahead a couple of years. 1977. Two child pornographers arrested in the state of Illinois. Mm. Now this leads authorities to a spider web of sex trafficking that stretched all over the continent. Now this pedophile ring was known as the delta project oh so you have these what they're doing is they're giving these unassuming names yes but they operate very similarly they operate via these publications like you said um word of mouth probably and and things of that sort so you would you they get your name on this list you get you get basically it's a to-go order
1: they're just mailing stuff out to people essentially. yeah i mean if yeah. you get
0: on this mailing list right so one of the pedophile rings uh, the uh the pedophile ring, uh, excuse me, John D. Norman was the head of this Odyssey pedophile ring and also the Delta Project's uh, ring, supposedly. They found between 50,000 and 100,000 index cards f- uh, on clients and victims. So In his In, like, in, in his possession, possession. right. Oh. That's quite a bit of information. That is. How would you 000... be
1: even be able to amass that kind of uh, well, he'd been collection? Well,
0: he'd been doing that for many years. Wow. Now, this... this Person that was supposedly behind these two, and it wasn't clear about why he wasn't arrested in 1973. Mm-hmm. I think that they they identified him, but they didn't actually pick him up for it. Sure. A couple of years later, he's still doing it. John D. Norman was he was born in 1927. so That made him an old poop.
1: 27. So he's 50 years old at that. In the early yeah, he's in his 50s. 70s, yeah. And you're gonna
0: see this guy's picture. He's such a weirdo. Oh. Anyway, he's dead now.
1: Thank God. Thank, God. thank goodness.
0: Anyway, he was known as he, uh, sorry. He was considered a violent sexual predator by the state of California. His psychiatrist, a Dr. James Revis, which is like Beavis but not really, mm. had this to say about Norman. He is an unrepentant adult male sex offender who, in my opinion, will go to his grave without any remorse for what he had done. That's not good.
1: So let me ask you this, yeah. psychologically speaking, for a second. Yeah. Do we know anything about the, the history, the background of John Norman?
0: Yeah, so so basically what you're going to find out is yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: you will find out <laughs> a little well,
1: bit. Well, Let me ask your opinion on this. Do you yeah. think it's nature or nurture or a combination of the two or... I feel like it's a, when these people are like this. Honestly, I feel like it's a it's a
0: mental defect. It's it's a they're not right. There's something there's something psychologically wrong with them, and I don't know if it's. So if,
1: you're saying it's a it's a nur it's a nature thing. I think
0: part of it is nature, and I think part of it is nurture. I think it's both. Mm. I think it, I think both of those two things combined, because there's so there's so many commonalities between when you look at the backstory of people that end up doing
1: stuff like this, they have similar backgrounds. Yeah. So I think, I think you have various. Degrees of this, I think you have people that are born psychopath, uh, like in a psychopathic state, right? Where they do this thing because that's how they're that mentally; they're not all there because that's how they were born, and they're right. difficult from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I think you have people that are born normal but brought up in such a, a horrendous right. uh, way. You know, you see it all the time with uh, right. child abuse and right. sex abuse and things. So their brain becomes warped over time based on nurture, mm-hmm. and then, like you said, I think there's a combination of the two. So it's right. hard to really. Sure. distinguish between between them. But either way, right. it's it's terrible. And,
0: and correct me if I'm wrong, you would know. Well, you, might, you may know. Um, there's really no rehabilitation for people who have this type type of affliction. No. Uh, not I'm going to call no. it affliction. This type of predilection, I should say. Yeah. They don't get better. So if you could put them in jail for 20 years and then 20 years or one day later when they get out, they're exactly the same as they were that, when they went that, in.
1: That's correct. And so you have to kill them. Much like you in the sense that you like pizza. I do. And if you went away for a long time and I still didn't have, have pizza, pizza, and you got out, you'd still have pizza. I guess so. Have you seen this? Quick, quick yeah, yeah, pizza, yeah. pizza note. Pizza note. Have you ever had Papa John's pizza? Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Papa am I'm, I'm a huge Papa John's okay. fan. However, recently I saw a commercial from Papa John's. They have this new product out. <laughs> They've eliminated the pizza. And so it's just a bowl of toppings. What? It's cheese and whatever toppings you would get. So let's say you get like a meat lover's pizza. They would eliminate the crust and they would just put the toppings and cheese in a bowl. Why? And you eat that. Why would you do that? It's a pizza bowl, they call it. There's no crust to the pizza bowl? I nearly vomited. I was
0: going to say, what is that? It's just eating cheese. Watching this commercial. You're eating a bowl of cheese. (laughs) It looks so disgusting. (laughs) A pile of meat. I'm sure it's good for you, too. Infused with cheese. It was terrible. I mean, I understand pizza's not good for you, but geez. Why would you eat a pizza bowl? I wouldn't. That's like those the KFC thing. It was two chicken breast oh, sandwich. Yeah, yeah. There was no bread. It yeah. was just the two pieces of chicken breast with bacon in the middle. That's <laughs> the cheese.
1: I think these people sit
0: around at <laughs> a boardroom going, "How can we kill people
1: the fastest?"
0: Anyway, yeah. So we were talking about we we're talking about this uh, this child, not child. I say child, but this is like teenagers mostly. Yes. Um, but 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 minors, uh, sex ring in the seventies, and I think. This guy, Norman, was able to operate, and he did a lot of crap I'm not going to get into. There was a lot of stuff that he was involved with, some assaults, a lot of child pornography. I don't think in the 70s they treated this type of thing the same way they do today. Right. I think people were able to get away with a lot more. Uh, they really didn't – the authorities didn't crack down too much on it, and if you were found to have it, you didn't get such a, a – like now you can't have – and thankfully, you can't have any child pornography –
1: how about the uh, the, <clears throat> the Jimmy Savile story. That, yeah, uh, that's a different animal it, it, altogether. Yeah, but I know, but it's a similar thing in the sense sure, that like people sure. didn't really want to talk about this. Yeah, they, they had still a hard don't. time believing it. Yeah. Sort of thing. If
0: you haven't seen it, there's a there's a cool documentary on Netflix. I think it's called A British Horror Story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's about Jimmy Savile. He was this. If you don't know, he was this um, this popular radio DJ and he was like a pers- t- television personality in Great Britain, and he was a deviant sex predator. Yes. For many many years,
1: and people enabled him.
0: Yeah, uh, it was it was sad, sad, sad. Anyway, so this guy, so this guy John Norman, he's he's really a bad dude, and he's running these these uh, uh, child pornography rings and prostitution rings. Now he did serve about four years in jail on sodomy charges, uh, but he was he was up for all these extra charges. And what happened was, as he was going to trial, this was in 1977, uh, a key witness was murdered, Ooh. unsolved murder, mm. and he, he didn't he only got four years. He was supposed to get a lot more than that. So anyway. He he gets out of jail and then he, he he doesn't stop doing this. So now we're into the 1980s, and I promise we're going to get to the serial killer people in a minute. But this is very important to know. So in the 1980s, he still con- he continues to to basically run these organizations. Somehow he continued it through jail from jail, uh, and he was running a ma- basically was running mail order child porn. Mm. So like he would send him money, he would send you uh, child pornography, and it was under the name Handy Andy. Oh, which is.
1: That not good. Is, uh, that, that should send up some red flags right there. Right.
0: Okay. Now, supposedly, he well actually he lived he lived uh, up until the uh, two thousand and he lived until two thousand and nine. Believe it or not, and he died at the age of eighty two. But he mm. spent all of his days kind of dodging the police. He did did a couple of stints in jail. So he never
1: did any significant no, time. No. Mm. And
0: the reason that you've never heard of this guy is probably for uh, well I'll get to that in a minute. Now he did have some uh, accomplices. And this is where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the accomplices of this John D. Norman was a man by the name of Philip Paskey. Now that name may sound familiar to you. It doesn't, or maybe not. Now he was a known affiliate of John D. Norman during his time when he was in Illinois, he was in uh, John, uh, excuse me, Philip Paskey was implicated in several thefts and some murders, most notably being three young boys who were murdered in 1977. One of whom was set to testify against John D. Norman. So Philip Paskey by all accounts, was one of the ac- acolytes of Mr. Norman. The link was made when it was discovered that they had shared a, a P.O. box for a time mm-hmm. that was distributing these newsletters. So Philip Paskey was his his buddy. Guess who Philip Paskey was also a buddy of? And this is documented fact. John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. Oh, how did you
1: guess? Uh, I like clowns. Right. Now, if, now we're going
0: to get into a little bit of the John Wayne Gacy thing. Now... John Wayne Gacy, as you all probably know, and maybe you don't, was a prolific serial killer in the 1970s in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. He was eventually ar- arrested, charged, and convicted on 33 counts of murder. However, authorities think that it was way more than that. Yeah. And what was what was weird about John Wayne Gacy is he never really admitted to the murders. I think he admitted to part of it, or he... I don't know. Did you see the documentary that was on Netflix? I did. The Gacy yeah, tapes. was
1: pretty intense.
0: Yeah. Anyway... So he, he killed boys, young boys in his house, and he buried them under his crawl space. They they estimate that he probably killed at least 26 more or maybe 30 right. more. They don't really know. And then, obviously, the the reason that a lot of people know John Wayne Gacy was because he used to dress as Pogo the Clown. That's correct. For parties. Now, what the—Philip Paskey was actually named by John Wayne Gacy as a person who killed some of the people that were in his crawl space. Mm. So there's the connection between the pedophile ring and John Wayne Gacy. Now, gotcha. Right. And he always claimed, Gacy always claimed that there was other people that were involved. There were people that were, you know, participating. During Gacy's initial confession, he was being questioned about one of the in- missing individuals, a guy by the name of Robert Piest, uh, someone who couldn't be accounted for. Gacy asked investigators if they had caught anyone else. And he claimed his mm-hmm. house was being used by multiple people, which would corroborate with this uh, Delta projects thing. Now, one of the uh, one of the tenets of the Delta Project, if you will, was they wanted to. And this is gonna sound bizarre to you because this is stuff that I've never heard of before. They their goal was to set up houses, basically like safe houses, in different areas of the country where there would be these young boys that were being trafficked, and there would be one or two adults that lived there, and they would be like their uh, chaperones. Mm. And there's some there's ample evidence that. Perhaps John Wayne Gacy's house was one of these. You know what this sounds like? Houses. It what? sounds
1: like the Reach Around Railroad. What the hell's that? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Underground Railroad, except it's for like the a...
0: Underground Railroad, but not
1: really. But you know what's fascinating about this to me? What is from everything that we generally understand about uh, right serial killers is that they generally operate in, well, in uh, alone. No, in, and that's that's solitude. exactly that's what you that's what you're led to believe. Yes, right. Yes, but in this case, perhaps not. So
0: Gacy's trying to tell people about that there was other people involved, and of course. When a when a serial killer tells you he didn't do it, yeah, of course you believe him. You believe him right away because <laughs> they're such they're such uh, nice individuals. Um, but anyway, so John Wayne Gacy, as again diving into his case, and I have to call him John Wayne Gacy because if I just say uh, John Gacy, doesn't it just sound, doesn't have the same ring. Doesn't rings. sound right. No, it doesn't. If you have Wayne in the middle of your name, Wayne, you're probably a bad guy. Imagine if he was just Wayne. Is, Wayne Gretzky. You don't think of a bad guy when you hear no, Wayne. You Gretzky. can't think.
1: You can't think of a serial killer when you think of Wayne, do you? Who's the
0: best hockey player of all time? It's Wayne Gretzky.
1: It's Wayne Gretzky, right? Yes, I mean, okay. there's no, there's no doubt about. Not it. Not like Mario Lemieux. There's not even a question in hockey. Gordy Howe. Like you know, basketball people are like oh, Michael Jordan, LeBron, eh, kind of. Jordan's better than LeBron. Yeah, but there's still some people that will argue. You can't argue hockey. No, you can't. It's well, you're going by goals, right? Everything, goals, assists, points, not penalty minutes, games played, everything. Anyway, where was I going? Sorry. You just derailed me with that. I like hockey.
0: Okay. Anyway, so uh oh yeah, so he can so Gacy's being interrogated after his victim one of his victims was found. Also, allegedly one of the victims in Gacy's house was killed while he was verified to be out of town.
1: Mm. So there's
0: so he didn't do that one. So if, I haven't heard that. As soon as you have one death, yes. that's not attributed to John Gacy, then you have a conspiracy. You have a conspiracy by Correct. definition. Yes. Does it involve these the Odyssey uh, the Delta project? We don't know. Hmm. There's some other stuff, though. So you have this Phil Paskey who's named. Guess what? Phil Paskey was on. <laughs> Phil Paskey worked for John Gacy. are payroll records of he, he worked for one of the construction companies. Yeah,
1: because he was a he was a contractor.
0: Right. So he worked. So that's the connection. That's how he knew him. Ah. See, it's all it's all making it's all sense. Tie, it's all ties together. Right. And I am I know I'm not explaining it in the best way. This well, is no. a, it's just a really, really long story sense. that I'm just trying this is, to get this is fascinating. I've never heard this. Right. Okay, so there's uh let's see, now the like I said the glue that holds this together. There's paperwork that shows Philip Paskey was employed uh, by Gacy's construction company. That's too much of a huge coincidence. Also, you know what the JCs are?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Kiwanis Club. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a Knights well, of Columbus. Well, Knights of Columbus is a religious group, right? Well, yeah, but but like, but a, like a, group, a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a group Hang of, out
0: and drink group and of
1: guys. Just like the You Mason's. can rent the hall
0: if you have an event. The JCs. I used to, we used to play Little League against the JCs.
1: Yeah. They were always good. What was your Little League team? Do you remember? Bocce Club. Oh, Bocce Club. Bocce Club. We were green. Yes. Very cool. They, they were famous for their family style chicken. Is Bocce Club still open? It is. And I don't know if people around the country know what family style chicken no, is. No, why don't you explain it? Because that's a good. That's a oh, good thing. family style chicken is a big thing here in, yeah. the, uh, uh, in the New England area. So, so what is it? What's family style Well, you style go chicken? there, a large group of people go to these restaurants, you, have, you order the family style chicken, and it comes. Uh, it comes with the chicken. It's like a boiled, uh, yeah. roasted chicken thingy. Mm-hmm. You get the chicken parts. And then, it, and then it also comes with pasta and French fries and salad. Yeah. And they bring in heaps and heaps. You don't worry. You just say, I'm here just, for the chicken. I'm here for the family-style chicken. Give it to me they now. They know what you need. They bring it all out. You just eat as much as you want, and it's delightful. If you're ever in the northern Rhode Island area, check out Wright's Fam.
0: That's correct. You got to Wright's Farm restaurant, right? Wright's Chicken Farm now.
1: It's not don't be too confused oh, with Wright's man. Dairy Farm. Wright's Dairy Farm which is also good. It's separate from but that. But they're not near each other either. You want to be Wright's Chicken Farm. Yeah. Plug plug to that to that uh, great establishment. Anyway, so the JCs, we're on the JCs
0: now. JCs. It's a social club. One thing that I didn't know about the JCs, which you may not either, in their official description, JCs is a leadership training and civic organization for people between the ages of 18 and 40. Ooh. So it's a junior Chamber International Group, basically developing young people uh-huh. into uh, g- good adults, supposedly. Okay. But this is, at J- uh, Gacy was involved in the JC yes, very he highly. Was. He was a very well-respected member of yeah, it. he
1: was a high-ranking member of the JC. Right.
0: And what better way to spread your pedophilia and stupidity and crap than a, a,
1: you could find like-minded people. Well, you find that these people that are into this deviant behavior, mm-hmm. they associate themselves with these kind of places to kind of groom the youth right if you will sure and they have access to other people and like you said before
0: in the 70s you know you didn't have the internet so how do you attract other you have to something and i don't know i don't know this for a fact but there must be some words that you say or like certain phrases sure that pass on to somebody else what you're to to the normal person they don't hear it or that just goes right over their head do
1: the the, uh, secret handshake well that's the masons sir I, I do handshakes I do uh, secret handshakes you do I make up my own yes so you, like when you when you go to shake someone's hand you just make something up on the I spot. do so what I do is how do s- they sometimes to know? sometimes I do this intentionally to confuse and uh, confuse people mm-hmm. but to also entertain myself oh so when they reach out to shake my hand instead of shaking my hand like normal I spread my fingers apart real wide Oh. so I'm showing Mike and th- it's hard for them to get a grab of my hand and they can't figure out what to do and uh <laughs> I get a chuckle out of it.
0: <laughs> I got a chuckle out of it just now. Do you know where the handshake comes from? Those secret handshakes? What what is it for?
1: Uh well, just like you said, to pass on to, to know that if you're this uh of the same party, of the you, same group, it's so that you can know one another even in the dark.
0: Mm-hmm. I know you in the dark. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Anyway, where are we at on time because I'm I uh, Oh, you're good. Keep going. I, I feel like we're uh we're, we're getting there. Nope, we're good. All right. So so Gacy's involved into the JCs, it's a community organization for young people. Now, this is going to be the area where you need to have, uh, you use you know what Occam's razor is, right? Ah, yes. What is the, that?
1: The most simple answer is probably the correct answer,
0: right? So you have all these connections to, between people, uh, between this Odyssey Group, the Delta Projects, the JCs, Philip Paskey, John Wayne Gacy. Sounds to me like a pretty good case. Yes. Now you're probably wondering at this point, whatever happened to all that evidence that the police had seized in multiple raids on Mister Norman's organization in the seventies, right? Now, okay. Remember the uh, I told you that there was like 100,000 yes, uh, index yes. cards with people's names on them? Yep. Where did all that crap go? I don't know. Now the New York Times reported that there was a raid in 1973 uh, on this prop, uh, on this uh, guy. Like I said, the detectives raided uh this is from the New York Times. The detectives raided the second floor apartment and seized files, pornographic literature, a camera, photo engraving equipment, stationery, an electric typewriter, and hundreds of booklets with names and addresses. The confiscated material filled up a pickup truck. Well, All this evidence was tossed out by the State Department of Texas for some reason. They destroyed it. (laughs) It was destroyed during processing. You ever notice how often that happens? Yeah. Do you want to know why it would have been
1: destroyed in processing? You know, one of the fundamental elements, uh, uh, rules of evidence collection and and retainment Mm -hmm. is to not destroy anything until after trial and after conviction and everything like that. Well.
0: Would would you want all this evidence around if people's names were on there that you knew or were f- Wh- famous which people, could, which or... could
1: implicate many many people? Right. It's easier to just convict one psychopath. Sure. So that's to so a lot of that evidence is just gone. Yeah. There
0: there is some uh, there are some photographs that remain, but most of it is just is just missing. So you have to start thinking. Okay, so a bunch of evidence is destroyed. Now it's again. How often during these conspiracy shows or, or, or conspiracy TV programs do you hear? Well, the police destroyed the evidence. FBI lost the evidence. Mm. FBI lost JFK's brain. How yes. did that happen? Yes, that actually happened. By the way, it did happen. They lost his brain. I still don't know where it went or what <laughs> happened to it. You know what? Getting on that it's for just a second. With
1: uh, Jimmy Hoffa.
0: Did you know that I think it was six months after the JFK assassination, his coffin was dropped into the ocean? Did you ever hear that? I'm not sure. I heard that. That's part. true. Hmm. So, so the government. Flew out JFK's coffin and dumped it into the ocean hmm. for some reason. Interesting. Supposedly on orders of the family. The family burial slept. at sea kind of thing. Yeah, because they didn't want people to to vandalize the the coffin hmm. or take souvenirs or whatever. So they dumped it in the ocean. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I believe it happened, but I don't think they they would dump it. It would
1: make more sense if they said they wanted to do like a makeshift burial at sea because he was in the navy. Yeah, kind of thing. That this would make was six sense. months later. I mean, he's buried in in Washington, right? Yeah.
0: Where is he back? It's he Arlington. Is it Arlington? Yeah, yeah. Isn't there an the eternal, eternal flame, flame there? That's correct. Is the flame... You're an eternal flame. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best Bangles songs of all time is the eternal. Oh, etern- I love the Bangles. Ma- you like Susanna Hoffs? Oh, my God. Is it Hoffs or Hoffs? Hoffs. Have Hoffs. you seen her recently? No. Oh, she's aged beautifully. She was wonderful back in the oh, day. Oh, amazing. Oh, wait a minute. Was the drummer a big blonde chick? I don't
1: remember the drummer. because You don't was, remember the drummer? I was too uh, enthralled
0: Of course Susanna. Susanna Hoffs was the hottest, but then there was
1: three of them, right? No, that was a four-piece. There's four. So yeah. who were the other ones? Well, there was a uh, two guitar players, yeah. A but bass who were there? You don't. I don't, know I don't know them. Oh, why would I care about them? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look past the lead singer. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? Um, Scary Spice. No. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, because she was exotic. She was Amazonian type. Like she could toss me around. She could like bite chunks of flesh off of me. That's bizarre, dude. It was interesting. I like Sporty Spice. That. I was a big Sporty Spice Did you? fan. Yeah. Even though she had no uh no What was assets. the one that looked like uh what was the one that looked like a, a Jack the Ripper victim? Which one was that? That was Baby, yeah. She Baby looked like, spice. a Whitechapel Whore. <laughs> That's what she looked like.
0: We were gonna start a band at one point and name it Whitechapel Whore, which would have been a great band name. Oh, what kind God. of music would Whitechapel Whore play?
1: <laughs> That's definitely a uh, uh, a late seventies punkish kind of band, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why don't we Why don't we pause? What do you now? got more? You got anything? I less do. On, 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 I left do. But that? I want.
1: I want to get uh, to the uh, the
0: next part of it, which I'm
1: gonna. It's longer, so I want to get it's to the longer? halftime point. Okay. All right. Okay. I think. I think what we're gonna do now is we're gonna get into. So it's just about 30 minutes in. If you're a fan of the show, which by the way, I've noticed looking at uh, demographics and geography mm. of the Eon Project. Music um, has started. Music has started. So. Somebody in Nebraska really likes us. They're binging our shows. Nebraska, love you. But anyway, since the music is going... Go Huskies! This next bit... And this Mike doesn't know this is coming. This is a surprise. Uh-oh. So Mike is a historian. Oh. Mike has educated himself beyond mm. uh, high school into college yes. and things of that sort. He's acquired many a degree. Many degrees. With different focuses. Yes. Uh, focused mainly on uh, American mm. Revolution yes. time frame and things of that sort. That's correct. He's in debt because of it. In debt. He's... Spent a lot of money to get smart. So what we're going to do today is, and this is completely separate from our topic. And ended up here. Is we're going to test Mike's knowledge. Uh Uh-oh. And test the fact that he spent so much money on school and see what he knows (laughs) and what he retained. Oh, God. This is an early American history (laughs) quiz. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Mainly focusing around the time of the American Revolution. Let's see. Uh, So as you can hear, we have some theme music going. You know what song this is? Uh, it's uh, Yankee Doodle. It is. It's Yankee Doodle Dandy. Thank you. This is uh, great, great. Alright, All right. here's the first question. Okay. And feel free to elaborate uh, if you need to. I'm going to no. turn the music down a little because oh, yeah, it's that's a little pretty distracting. Loud. That's loud. You okay. okay, so, good. question number one. Mm. How many people were killed at the Boston Massacre? How many people were killed at the Boston Massacre? I believe it was six. Hmm. You are wrong. Five. It was five. Ah, I knew it uh, was five. You got one wrong so far. Oh, oh come on. Well, you said six. I said said six. I meant five. Okay. What were the colonists protesting at the Boston Tea Party? Mm.
0: Well, let's see. The colonists were were, uh, protesting the uh, tax on tea. Now, this is where it gets interesting Mm. because the colonists were actually paying less for their tea because what had happened was the British government had installed the British East India Company as uh, having a monopoly in the colonies. So the only tea you could pro- you could legally purchase was the East India Company tea, which mm-hmm. was which was a kickback going to the government. It was cheaper than their normal tea, mm-hmm. but the but the uh, so they were basically they were they were protesting the monopoly on the tea versus the tax
1: on the tea. Interesting, because the answer that I have is they were pro- actually specifically protesting the Stamp Act. No, that's not correct. That's not true. No, as a matter of fact, they weren't they
0: weren't letting the British offload the tea. Into, the, into Boston Harbor.
1: Okay, so that's you why know more than Google. Yeah, that's not right. Okay. Look it up. Well, I'm going to... I will... The Stamp Act was a, one of the Intolerable Acts. It, okay, that's good. That was another question. <laughs> that's a push. Okay. All right. When did the Revolutionary War end? What is the date? Do you know the date that so, it ended? Officially? Yes. 1783. What, what month and day? Uh, May 28th. Oh, interesting! Because it just passed September third. Nah, I know it was the official
0: 1783, though most people would say 1781. It was, it was 1783. The, so the last, I'll give you that. The last battle was in 1781.
1: What right? was the name of the treaty
0: that ended the the
1: war? Treaty of Paris. Ah, correct. Ah, good job. Yeah, good job. What was the first governing document of the United States, or, or the early the early states, or the early colonies? The early co- the first governing document was the uh, Articles of Confederation. Correct. Yes. Another plus one for you, dude. I'm doing well. Who was the British general? At the Battle of Bunker Hill? Gage. Oh, General Howe. Shoot. Gage was at Lexington and Concord. I should have thought about that for a moment. What colonial officer took Fort Ticonderoga?
0: Oh, uh, that would be uh, Benedict Arnold. No. And uh, Ethan Allen. Ah, Ethan Allen. No, it was the both of them. They were both there.
1: Hold on. Yes, yes. Uh, They
0: were both there. They both had joint
1: command, sir. Okay, well, Ethan Allen was there. Ethan Allen and... Benedict Arnold. All right, clearly there's some arguments here. See, yeah, because I'm right. <laughs> All right, where did the colonists receive their first major victory? The first what major battle? The first major victory? The battle of?
0: Saratoga. Yes, correct. An entire British army surrendered. That is, that's correct.
1: And who was the commanding British general? <laughs> that would be uh, Gentleman John Burgoyne. Gentleman. He was a Gentleman John Burgoyne. That's yeah, correct. See that? Okay, who did he surrender to? Uh Gates. Gates, but who was his second in command at that time? You already mentioned Benedict him. Arnold. That's correct. <laughs> tell us a little something about Benedict Arnold. Most people understand him to be... Great job, Great job, by the way. <laughs> I got a couple wrong, which I'm, go, I'm upset about. I'm going to go up. clarify some of those answers, yes. but great job yes. overall. Thank you. Thank so you. Benedict Arnold is known as the, the great trader of the of, of America, he essentially. Is. Correct. So what can you tell us a little bit about him that most people
0: probably don't know? So Benedict Arnold, if he had not uh, betrayed his country and tried to, to sell out West Point to the British... Uh, would have been known as an American hero. He would have Correct. been he would have been listed up there with the greats of the Revolution, uh, because before that he was a courageous leader and he was a courageous. He, Benedict Arnold was a great tactical commander. He wasn't the best guy, sure if that makes sense. So sure. he was not a nice guy. Uh, he was an ambitious, uh, pompous, mm. thought he was always better than he, he was being treated. Uh, but he was a great tactical commander, and he he led many courageous uh, uh, attacks. He was involved in the, the capture of Fort Ticonderoga. He actually, uh, up in the Great Lakes area, he yes. participated in a, a, some action up there. Was Lake Champlain. Lake Champlain. Uh, he was manning gunboats and stuff like that And in, uh, uh, in early naval battles. He was up there, uh, but like you said, he, he fell upon, well, a lot of people think it was his wife, mm. which was, um, she was very ambitious also, And she was like whispering in his ear, you know, you should be making more money. They're not treating you well. And George Washington actually slighted Benedict Arnold. Most people don't think it was on purpose. It was Mm -hmm. more like a, um, he was, he was, he felt he was being overlooked. And Washington kind of realized it too late. And they, he kind of ruined Benedict Arnold. But yeah, he would have been, he would have been an American hero had he he not done
1: that. Yes, interesting, interesting that his, uh, actually, his great grandfather was one of the first uh, uh, governors of Rhode Island, the state of Rhode Mm. Island. And he was from Connecticut. However, at that time, and I always find this interesting, because I myself just recently went on a road trip. Ah. And, you know, driving around, uh, driving from New England down to northern uh, Virginia, southern Maryland area, around D.C. and things of that sort. It is some, it's some traversing. Sure. Just even in a vehicle. Yeah. So to imagine those guys, and Benedict Arnold being one, he led an expedition up into New England, into the wilderness of Maine. Right. Through... Uh, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont, into the Lake Champlain region. Mm-hmm. Somehow they did this in, in winter time. It was amazing what they what they could do. Dragon cannons and all, uh, kinds, and of all and kinds of Baggages and stuff. But an inter- women folk. An interesting side note, so I, I went to the uh, the Smith, uh, Smithsonian Museum of American History, which yes. is an amazing place if you ever get there. Mm. And they actually have one of the uh, boats that was part of this expedition that had sunk in Lake Champlain and was preserved in the cold water for many, many years. Oh. And they retrieved it. And it is now on display wow. at the Smithsonian. It's That's amazing. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is it well-preserved? Well-preserved. Very well-preserved. How actually. many people would it hold? Some people may um, hear that it wasn't as big. No. No. Very small. Probably maybe a uh, 25 to 30 foot yeah. long, I would say. Yeah, they had like one swivel gun on it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. but Very very interesting. So, Mike, anyway, overall, good job. I think you. we're going to call that game because you have a master's degree. We're going to call it I Mike. Do. Mike and his master's... Master of nothing. Thing. I'm a master debater, but good job overall. Let's I get back that. to the topic at hand.
0: Okay, so we're talking about this uh, this nationwide pedophile ring mm. and then uh, sex slave ring. I, it's not really a pedophile ring; it's a sex slave ring of underage boys, essentially. And we started off in Texas in the '70s. We went up to Illinois, went out to California with some uh, some people, and basically, what happened was the there were these groups that were being run uh, of of. These safe houses. That was the goal of this the Delta Delta Projects, which I think Delta Project is a type of faucet. Is that a type of faucet? Delta is a, fa- is a, a plumbing company. Yeah, plumbing like company. They make faucets. It's not them. I think they're fine people, the Delta hmm. people. If they're listening, I would like a new faucet. Anyway, so we talked about John Wayne Gacy as being potentially part of this ring yes. because of a shared connection by a fellow by the name of Philip Paskey. Now, as I said before, it is likely that Paskey, well, it's not likely. He may have helped facilitate the killings to what the extent is we don't really know. However, there were some other people that John Gacy knew Mm. that he actually named to the police that may have been connected to this entire ring. There was an individual by the name of Michael Rossi, who was an employee of Gacy's construction company and even lived in Gacy's home for a while. He also helped Gacy dig the trench under his crawl space. Now, did he know that he was going to be digging that for what its purpose? We don't know. But he's a strong candidate. He was linked to some mob activity. Uh, he was arrested for uh, some union beat-ups in the 2000s. Just, just not a nice guy. Another guy, guy by the name of David Cram, C-R-A-M. Ooh, That's Cram a it. Unfortunate name. Yeah, terrible. Cram. Terrible. Another Gacy employee. Actually survived one of his attacks. He ended up committing suicide in 2001, unfortunately. Uh, but he, have, he may have been just a victim, but there were some rumors that he was involved in, perhaps. Which, that happens, believe it or not. A lot of serial killer victims that, not a lot. It's been known to happen where a serial killer victim will sympathize with the serial killer. Yes, and afterwards participate. Almost like a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. Yes, yeah, severe version of it. Now Olga knows about that. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, Olga, she's so hot. Anyway, so we're, we're, we're moving ahead. So we have Gacy. There's some other individuals in the '80s that we think may be related to this. Have you ever heard of the
1: Chicago Rippers? Uh, yeah, that's a uh, it's a minor league hockey team. It would be a cool name. And they kick serious butt. Yeah.
0: So in the 1980s, 18 women turned up dead and mutilated in ritualistic fashion in Chicago, which is Gacy's uh, stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. One woman managed to escape a van after a group of people tried to kill her. Now, the van was found, uh, and the owner, a man by the name of Robin
1: Gecht, G E C H T, Gecht. Gecht. Mm. I always want to know how people spell that. That's like a, a, a German name. I am Gecht. Like Nazis. He's running Auschwitz or something.
0: He's the prime suspect. However, the evidence is thin. Now, the police uh, ended up catching up with some other associates who begin to spill the beans and everything. They go on to confess that they're a satanic cult that abducts women. Now, this is a departure, right? Because they're abducting women. Yes. Uh, They perform breast mutilations. Oh, my God. And even partake in cannibalism. Now, Robin Geck never confessed and still maintained his innocence, uh, but he's serving a a lengthy sentence. Now, he's still in jail. Now, what does this have to do with John Legese? I don't know. Robin Gecht was reportedly a former employee of Gacy at his construction company. Oh. So now you have Gacy linked to another serial killer. There's a lot of ties here. A lot of ties, which I like. Haha! <laughs> uh-huh. If you're into that, you let like me know. To be tied, I do. Let me know. Uh, so being into cru- uh, being into true crime for you know even at all, you can you can piece start to piece together these these links. Yes, you can almost weave the web. You're 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 we're weaving we're weaving a web. So that's that's a compelling. Um, connections so mm. you got gacy involved with at least two people who we are we know are related to other serial killers or sex traffickers now we're done with john gacy however we are not done with this story oh this story this this is an amazing story i've is never it, heard this no and i hadn't either and again I, I give full props to the guy that i stole this from but i don't know his name I, if
1: you if, anonymous unknown whatever his name anonymous, is
0: i'm stealing most of his work
1: now you ever heard of the Candyman of Texas? I've heard of the movie, The Candyman. What, what's the Candyman movie? Uh, it was it was a horror movie from the early 90s, I believe. Yeah. And if you said Candyman three times in right, the mirror, right. he would appear behind you. Wasn't it, uh, uh, it what was a, his name? It was a black man. Yeah, I don't remember his name. But he was scary. And he went around. And he had a voice like uh, this. Oh, candy yeah. And I'm kidding, man. He, and
0: did he kill you with bees? Or oh, what was the bees? Oh, there was, was bees. bees. There was bees involved, I think. There was some bees. They entered your orifices and yeah. stung you or something.
1: Yeah. You ever have a bee in your anus?
0: No. Right. You ever been stung by something that hits you like a brick? Hits you like a brick. And you go, what the hell was that? Yes. And then you don't know what it was because it stabbed you and ran away? Yeah, I got stung once in a very bad place. All right. Well, well forget about Gacy for a minute. Okay? Can you okay. forget about him? I forgot about him. You forgot about him. We're moving now to Texas, also in the 70s. Now, there was a string of murders mm. that bear resemblance to Gacy, but it took place down in Texas. There was an individual by the name of Dean Coral. What were the years on this now? Now, this is in the uh, the early 70s. Okay. So, even before right around, Gacy. Right around yeah. before, right around the same time. Yeah. There's a man by the name of Dean Corll, C-O-R-L-L. C-O-R-L. Okay. He, and, and actually, Dean Coral is a very interesting case. We could do shows and shows upon it. Just him. Uh, very uh, not not a well known killer, uh, but he he is a very prolific killer. He was responsible. Well, police found uh, twenty eight bodies that they put on him.
1: Wasn't Dean Coral the actor in Quantum Leap? That was Dean Kane. Oh no, no, it was Dean no. Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. Sorry, Dean Kane was Superman. Yeah, he was with Terry Hatcher. Love that beautiful. show. Love that show. Love Terry. What
0: does Terry Hatcher look like these days?
1: Not Terry. She's not Terry oh, anymore. She's, she's
0: she was rough. one of my favorite eighties nineties chicks. All right, Dean Coral. Anyway, so Dean Coral. They they put 28 bodies on him of young boys mm. that he had ki- he killed and buried out in his shed. Again, I'm not going to get into a lot of details. Dean Corll is a very disturbing case. If you ever want to look into it, he was known as the Candy Man of Texas because essentially what had happened was his mom, uh, his mom was divorced like five times. Mm. And I don't know how that's applicable to the story. I just thought it was funny.
1: Well, I think it's it's a, that's a, uh, an incident of nature. I mean, yeah. Probably some of the things that he saw that his mother dealt right, with right. growing up.
0: Well, they, they call him the Candyman because his mother started selling these homemade candies mm-hmm. uh, to make ends meet because she was a single mom because she kept getting divorced. And basically what happened was he took over the family business when his mom got elderly. Now, mm-hmm. what Dean Coral would do would... He, g- he gathered up a bunch of the, you know, like the rejects. You know how like there's a factory that makes stuff. There's always rejects. You yeah. know, stuff that's just not perfect enough to go. Yeah, like you came out weird. Yeah, me. I'm weird. Yep. They didn't put me back in to mm-hmm. cook more. That's correct. And he would hand out candy at schools. Okay. At high schools specifically, junior high and high schools. And he became known around the neighborhood. And this was in in uh, Texas, in uh, Houston Heights in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He became known as the Candyman. What he also started doing was he had like a bachelor pad and, and he would invite these kids to hang out at his house. And he was the cool guy. Like, he would give them alcohol and weed.
1: Oh, and man. that That's a good, that's actually a good uh, angle if you can pull it off. Sure, sure. Yeah.
0: So he had access to kids because they knew him. Everybody knew him as the candy man. Yeah. Adults knew him because like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that hangs out candy. He's cool. Yep, yep. Kids know him. He's handing out weeds. Right? <laughs> tweeds. Tweeds. You've spoken them him, Tweeds, again. So anyway, so Dean Coral starts attracting these young boys to hang out at his house. Mm-hmm. What starts end up What ends up starting to happen is they end up disappearing and he was killing them. Now, what does this have to do with any of the stuff that we talked about before? Again, he was a contractor. No. Oh. <laughs> That's a good guess though. No. However, uh one of the things that we had mentioned earlier in the show was there was a uh a phenomenon where a killer or a, a killer's intended victim somehow survives or is spared by the killer and mm. then he becomes a helper ah. to the killer? Yes. Dean Corll had two. He he had two individuals that he either attempted to kill or was going to kill that he ended up converting them into his serial killer helpers and they started procuring young boys to bring home to him. Interesting. And he was paying them $200 a pop. Wow. So you'd say, and back in the 70s, that was a lot of money and he would say, uh, you know, everyone you bring home, I'll give, him, I'll give you $200. He's, bucks.
1: He's, he, where's he getting this kind of money?
0: He was running a candy factory. Oh, he was the candy man. It's like
1: the Willy Wonka of serial killers. Right.
0: So he's doing this he enlists the help of his of these two guys, and these two guys are bringing their friends home to him, and he's killing them.
1: Okay. Now, I, I, listen. I don't mean to laugh at this. No, this is not funny. It's not funny. But obviously, in typical Mike and J faction, we, we have to. We have inve- to. It's gallows humor. humor. We're just yes. trying to make sure. light of everything here. Sure. Okay. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I thought you were going to say something funny after that. No, no, it's not funny. Oh. So anyway, so he's doing this now. What what's ha- what ends up happening is the the guys the boys that are bringing the. Uh, individuals home at first weren't aware that he was killing them, and the reason is is because Dean Coral was telling the boys, the, the serial killer helpers, that he was selling them into sex slavery. Okay, there's a connection. He's selling them to a network of oh, of, of sex slaves, the Delta Force, the so Delta whatever Project. you called it, right? Uh, yeah. So now he got caught by one of his serial killer helpers killing one of them.
1: Not the Delta Force.
0: No, he was killing one. Uh, Dean Coral was killing one of his victims mm-hmm. when one of the kids walked in, and so the gig was up there. Now, there is some speculation that Dean Corll was responsible for many, many, many more abductions. Now, was he killing some and selling some? We know for a fact that this Norman guy who was running the Texas ring mm. was active in Texas during Dean Corll's time because we if you go back to the beginning of the show, they found all that evidence that he was, you know, conducting this this mail order uh, yes. pedophile uh sex slavery ring in Texas. Dean Corll was living in Texas. Again, I know Texas is a big state. Yeah but it's pretty it's a pretty good coincidence wouldn't you think
1: wow you know it it, it it strikes me i think there was a case i can't recall it specifically right now but where uh, there was a husband that was a a, a a sexual deviant slash serial killer, and his wife was the one that was involved. Really? That would bring female victims in. Really? Because it was easier for her to acquire the... Because mm. you know, she was unassuming. Sure, sure. She wasn't threatening. I don't know that case. And she would bring the victims in. If anybody knows out there, yeah. uh, send us an email. Hermitlightmedia at gmail.com. Um, I don't recall the case specifically. Well, I mean, I remember the case. I just don't recall the, the parties involved. But it sounds sim- similar to this. Now... Here, here I'm gonna I'm gonna add some connections to you. Oh my Besides God. that, I like
0: connections. Besides you that, you play Connect Four. Yeah, I don't like Connect. Four. I love Connect. You can Four. see it coming a mile away. I love it.
1: I'm so good at it. You, how can you be good at so being good at Tic Tac Toe? You can't be good at Tic Tac Toe. Yeah, if you have the strategy, he can. There's no strategy. There is. You have to know the moves. There's no moves. <laughs> <laughs> moves like Jagger, dude. Okay,
0: now here, I'm gonna I'm gonna add something to you. Okay. Now one of Dean Coral's tricks when he was getting these because abducting and killing. Uh, teenage boys isn't as easy as you would think, especially if you get one there, some kind can be very strong and, mm. you know, he he can't just overpower every single one of them. So one of the things Dean Coral would do, he would, he would tell his victims that he knew a trick. And that this trick is a
1: John Wayne Gacy move.
0: You're, you're jumping ahead, Oh, sir. sorry. You're jumping ahead. I'm interjecting. So this is, this is the early 70s. a chord. This is the early 70s. Minor D- chord. What D Cor- Dean Corll would do, he would tell them that he knew how to trick how to get out of handcuffs. Yes! And he would hide a key on his person. Oh, he would handcuff no. himself. Mm-hmm. He would unlock it, unbeknownst to the victim. And then he'd say, you can try it. Mm-hmm. As soon as he would get the handcuffs on, which is harder to do than you would think sometimes with people. You're familiar with that. I am. And as soon as you get the handcuffs on... He would, he would basically drag him away and kill him. Yes. He also taught this trick to his two serial killer accomplices, and they started doing it to some of the people that were the, the boys they were bringing home. Now, as Jason just full adroitly circle. pointed out, full circle. one of John Wayne Gacy's tricks in the late 70s was the handcuff trick. Yes, it was. Same exact thing. He would do the same exact move to get people involved uh, in, in handcuffs, and then he would be able to kill them easily. Now, did... Gacy learned this trick? Was he taught this trick? Was it part of the nationwide pedophile ring that was going on could have at the been. time?
1: Yes, it could have been. It could easily have been. Wasn't there a case where Gacy got the tables turned on him? Where uh, somebody <laughs> fought him off and put him in handcuffs? Well, somebody, that, happen? I, that's
0: a, that does sound familiar. I don't have that in my notes, but I do know hmm. that... Going back to Gacy for a moment, one of Gacy's uh, attempted victims, because he did have people escape from him, and then the authorities didn't believe him. Right. Because he was a uh, well-known community figure. Now, there was one individual, and I don't have his name in front of me, escaped from Gacy, and he told the police, he swore up and down, there was another guy in the house when this was happening. Mm -hmm. Another man. Now, who was that other man? As soon as you have another man involved, it's a conspiracy. So you have... Unless it was the plumber. Yeah, it could be. Mm. You, you know how much plumbers make, dude?
1: Dude, they make a killer. What a
0: racket. I think I'm going to do that job soon. I, I'm sure they have to have a strong stomach because you know you have to pump out poop and everything like that I'm a all good, the time. I'm, a
1: good, I, I'm good with pipes. You, you good I'm at laying pipe? I'm a good pipe cleaner. You're not good at laying pipe. No, I, I'm terrible at it. I'm you, very inadequate. You don't pipe anybody. No, so definitely anything. not.
0: So, again, is that a hard, hard rock-solid evidence? No. It's circumstantial.
1: Yeah. Well... You know, it's it's one of those things that you know. There's a lot of uh, connective tissue, if you will. There's connected tissues, yes.
0: Now you want to hear this? this? Is the most this is the most outrageous one. This one really doesn't have a lot of credibility. However, the first guy that I talked about was a guy named Jack John Norman. Yes, me, yes. Right? John Norman in the 1960s uh, rented an apartment.
1: He did rent an apartment. No, wait
0: a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> John Norman. Yeah, I'm sorry. John Norman rented an apartment. In the 1970s, uh, 60s, in Texas, guess from who? Coral. No. What? Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby? Jack Ruby of JFK Jack assassination Ruby? fame. <laughs> You're
1: blowing my mind. <laughs> Jack Ruby. <laughs>
0: what? So that was just like a bit of trivia. but So basically, and again, the, the stuff that I have outla- oh outlined God. today is very circumstantial, but it's stuff that you, you don't hear about, it, and I've never heard about it before. But to me, there's a lot of smoke there.
1: Yes, and with a smoke, there's fire, obviously. Sometimes, you know, sometimes. You know what this reminds me of? What? Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about this on previous episodes, but never really went too in-depth on it, is the Smiley Face Killer Gang, yes. which is not a, a, a sex gang. Did we do a show on that? We, we talked briefly about it. We didn't do a whole show on it. It's not a it. sex gang. It's not a sex ring. No. Uh, pedophilic sex ring, if you will. But the Smiley Face Killer uh, Gang, it's actually just a theory. Yeah. It's never really truly been proven. But uh, it, it, it claims that there are a lot of the victims are uh, uh, late teen, early 20 male. Athletic. Types. College age. Um, that generally go missing and, and uh, meet their ends at a riverbank or right. in a body of body water. Body of water, yeah. Uh, close to where they were hanging out. Say, like, you're hanging out in the, in the town. Right. You're drinking. You wander off. Which, by the way. I've done that. That is uh, rule 101. When you're out hanging out with your buddies, yeah. you have to have a battle buddy. Yeah. you can't go wandering off on your own. I've done that many, many uh, times because things can happen. I've done it myself, and uh, fortunately, I've made it back alive. Me too. I've never been a victim. Of You've never been killed by anyone. I've never been oh. a victim of the smiley face killer gang. However, no. Why do they call them the smiley face killer? You haven't even because it. these. Or, so these people go up, uh, they go missing, they be, they end up getting found eventually. Some mm-hmm. do, some don't. Mm-hmm. Most do. Mm-hmm. Uh, drowned by a uh, body of water, right. and then somewhere in the re- in the near vicinity. They find a smiley face, either painted, drawn, etched uh, Mm. in in some rock or something like that. Graffiti. Correct, and this is happening all across the country.
0: Now, at what point is there is it considered to be a copycat situation?
1: Well, that's the thing. They can't. That's the thing. They can't piece them all together, right? It either is a uh, a copycat situation, or it is something similar to what Mike talked about, which is a uh, a network, if you will, of of killers that are part of this cult cultish activity that are that are killing these youths for me it's like it,
0: it's not too much of a stretch to think like what, what kind of what kind of person would say oh well i can believe that this crazy person could kill 50 people but i can't believe he would be involved with a ring right that's just crazy talking like right, right. Wh- why is that crazy
1: talk so let me ask you this what's the difference between let's say the smiley face killers originated in say uh sheboygan wisconsin right and, and then all of a sudden they start it's that's those similar type crimes start happening with the same markings and things of that yeah. sort all across the country but yet they're not necessarily specifically connected mm-hmm. but yet you know in terms of like communicating with each other but they are connected in the sense that they're all kind of doing the same thing right for to the same people in a similar way would it still be considered you know a ring of sorts right well yeah so it's like a it's like a terrorist group
0: right. So maybe they don't know each other. Maybe they're cells. Maybe mm. there's the individual groups. Yes. You know. But the thing of it is, why? Why are they? Why are they doing it? Like specifically with this, the smiley face killers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they die of drowning, right? Yes. All okay. of them. All of them die of drowning. So what? To what end are they being sacrificed? Is this some kind of
1: religious aspect to it, or cult like activity? Yeah, I think I think with that case too, specifically, it, it's kind of hard to. Um, tie it down because a lot of times these people are highly intoxicated, um, and mm-hmm. a lot uh, uh, law enforcement a lot of times comes to the conclusion that the person just wandered off in a drunken yeah, way and stumbled into the water and drowned. I've been so drunk, yes, that I couldn't see. I'm sure you've been drunk like that. Yeah. Did you ever almost fall into the water? Uh, no, but I dealt no. with a very drunk person the other e- the, the other evening. You did, and I feel like if this person was close to water, they definitely would have fallen in what and happened? drowned. I don't want to get into specifics, oh, okay. but... We don't want to tell you. Let's put it this way. They, could, they couldn't they could see straight. <laughs> I have a, I have a theory. Okay. And that is that
0: this show is going to reach a wider audience than normal, because we don't typically talk a lot about serial killers. Mm. But I feel like people are going to be into this show. So if you like what you've heard, go back and listen to our other shows. Correct. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Uh, and, and send us a line at uh, hermitlightmedia at gmail.com. You can also find The Eon Project on... Uh, Twitter and Instagram and no one interacts with us and I feel lonely because Jay doesn't care about social media. So I'm the one that runs it. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you go on there, you can say, Hey Mike, cause I'm the, I'm the cool one and I will, uh, I will interact with you. Now let me tell you something else about podcasts. Oh, I like
1: podcasts.
0: A lot of podcast hosts are jerks. They are. And the reason I say that is we've tried to reach out to some podcasts. we first of all, we're not new to the podcast game and we're not new to shows. We used to do radio shows. We've been doing this for many years, many years. Moons. And we've, you know, we're not we're nice guys. We've reached out to, to a lot of shows to like, you know, have a partnership or to have some sort of uh relationship or be on their show or have them on our show. How many people get back to us?
1: None. Zero. <laughs> you know what I don't understand? Nobody it, it, it's it's hard for us to understand. We've given things away, mm-hmm. given away prizes. We gave
0: away an electric guitar. Remember that?
1: Yes. How many how much was that electric guitar worth? Well several hundred dollars. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it's a strange, it's a strange phenomenon to me because I see these other groups out there yeah. that actually take Donations. Yeah, for and people. that's the other
0: thing. We don't take any money. People give them money. We're free. So how does that happen? I think eventually we we will have to charge money. Speaking
1: of taking, <laughs> speaking of taking of money. Yeah. Quickly, sure. we'll end on this note. Sure, sure. Because this is mind boggling to okay. me. I talked earlier that I went on a uh, road trip, right? Mm-hmm. So my road trip took me down to uh, the the metropolitan uh, Washington D.C. area. Yes. And if you've never driven in or around DC it is unlike any driving ever it's a nightmare. anywhere in the history of the world however <laughs> there's a thing down there where so toll booths are ubiquitous yes and the thing now is That's is, a good word. is that they're they're not you don't stop and give them money everything is electronic yeah if you don't have an easy pass then they just bill you in the but mail but they could be
0: gouging you and you wouldn't know they could be
1: but they'll send you a bill in the mail if you don't have the easy pass Yeah. so i'm going all around I'm going through toll booths left and right. I happen <laughs> Did to Did you get a bill? <laughs> wait, wait. This is the best part. I happen to be in Northwest Virginia and I'm driving and I see a toll booth approaching. Mm-hmm. It says easy pass this way. Cash. It says cash this way. They had two, two lanes open for cash. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I ready my dollars. I had some dollars ready. Yeah. So as I approach, it says it's $3.25. Mm-hmm. And it says change only. <laughs> What? This is 2022. How are they going to change it only? It says change only. Oh, because there's no guy there. So I pull up to one of these old school baskets. Oh my Remember the God, baskets, the baskets. And you would throw change in? You would
0: just throw the change
1: in. Yeah. So I'm stopped. The car's in park. I'm scrambling for change. <laughs> now, what if you don't have it? Now, if you know me, I'm panicking Yeah, now. I do know. Yes, i you are. You're panicking. There's Shit. a line of cars you're behind me. You're crapping your pants. <laughs> I'm ruffling through my center console I'm trying to find swearing. change. <laughs> now, I have a handful of loose change. I have no idea what's in just it. Just throw it in. I throw it in the basket. Did it light turn green? Nothing registers. Oh my god! Not a freaking penny. So you, you blew it. So then I took one. <laughs> ready for this? Yep. So the little, you know, it says three twenty-five. Oh god! It's waiting. For, so I take one single quarter and I throw it in the basket. It registers three. Now it only says three dollars. That was my last quarter. Oh my god! I blew the toll. So you're gonna get a bill. I gunned it for that twenty five cents. I gunned it. You're no, gonna no, pay it's three, like I owe them three dollars oh. now. Oh, you owe them three dollars, but I really
0: don't owe them anything because I overpaid. Them. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna get a bill for you're gonna owe them technically twenty five cents, but you're gonna get a bill for
1: thirty. Yeah, because they owe
0: me money. Tolls are such a you scam. You know what tolls are
1: for? Scam. Total scam. They're
0: supposed to be paying for the road that the toll booth is on. You've, they've paid for that road already.
1: Correct. Why am I paying for That's it now? That's why tolls were initially built, right? Let's say you're building a bridge, right? You toll the bridge yes. until the bridge is paid for, and exactly. then you take the toll away. Right. No. Not anymore. Has the government ever taken a tax away from you? Never. Never. Have they ever done never. that? I owe the IRS, like, $50 million. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. I'm sorry. I don't owe the IRS anything. Well, didn't Biden just hire,
0: like, 80,000 new IRS yes, agents? Yes, and be he's digging, training them in deadly force. Digging up
1: your butt to look for... Uh, so if you,
0: don't, if you owe them money, they're going to come to your house and your shoot kid, you in the forehead. Your kid had a lemonade stand, and they're going to, like, drop a uh, flashbang into your house... That's and, correct. ...and jack you up? Yes. Anyway, well... Yeah. We talked about uh, a nationwide underage uh, sex slave ring uh, tied with serial killers, a dark episode. Hopefully we kept it a little bit light for you.
1: We tested Mike's knowledge of American history. We tested knowledge. I think I did okay. We had some, uh, he's going to file a uh, some some appeals on some of those questions. Yeah, one of I them think. is definitely wrong, and you shouldn't trust Google. Google sucks. Yeah, the Google machines. You never know what you're going to get with Googles. Anyway, I don't have anything else. Okay, good. So, hey, great show. I had yeah. fun, Mike. Thanks yes. for coming. Yes. Uh, you have an effervescent beverage again. I'm going to
0: try to get Olga to get me in a headlock and cut off my air exactly. supply on the way So out. I
1: think we're going to do, I think the next show may be a rebuttal to the uh, from the Black Lodge men. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, we hope to see you again soon here on the Eon Projects. So remember, just until the next time, Mike. Are you coming back? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to come back? Sure. I'm invited. All right. The truth exists. I believe it